All right, guys. Hey, welcome to a new season of uh, Dating Intelligence. So I got thrown off a little bit there. Um, welcome to new season. Uh, Jamie, how are you today? <laughs> oh Amber, we're used to a cue. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, you guys welcome did not tell me that. nothing. No, sorry. It's like everything's like brand new. We have a new intro. We got this. We have that. It's quite all right. We can we can just do this fine. Hey, guys. Welcome to another season of Dating Intelligence. I'm Christopher Lewis. We got our co-host, Jamie Lovey, Jamie Villamore over here. How you doing, girl? Good morning. Good morning. I got a rally. I'm, I'm a little tired. What's that song? It's a beautiful morning. I know. Like everybody's I know. all and over I'm the so place like today. off key. <laughs> Not, not that I usually am on TV, but... <laughs> all right, Woo! all right. Well, we're just going to get in this one. Let's just get in okay. there. we got a great guest today, guys, and um, we're going to bring her on right now. We can just discuss as we go on on everything today. It's our first uh, first one of the season, so we might as well just like, fuck it up as we go, right? Woo! All right, so our guest today is a model and motivational speaker who has over 2 million followers on TikTok, which is pretty fucking incredible. She's a suicide survivor who is now a successful advocate of mental health, and she uses her social media platform to share her story to help others. Others. Please welcome the incredible and beautiful Allie Harding to the show. Hello, Hello. Allie. How are I'm you, honey? <laughs> Good. How are you? <laughs> uh, what's going on with you today? Uh, I'm tired. I just got back from LA yesterday, so we're I, recovering. I think we're all in the same we boat. We all came from LA. Did yeah. you fly in last night? No, I drove. Oh, I was I was rain? literally only in LA for like maybe 24 hours. Maybe. Okay. And that was, was the weather pretty bad driving this way? Yeah, well, in L.A. it was, but yeah. then once you got out of L.A. coming towards Vegas, it was fine. All right. Okay. Yeah, yeah well, our plane rides were... I know that you probably left, what, an hour before me, I think, right? Yeah, I mm -hmm. actually got on early, so... Yeah, well, yeah. she... she, Yeah. What? I just... <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I think I just sat at the airport like I always do, and that's, like, the only time I get some downtime uh, before mm -hmm. a show is I kind of go to the airport and go about two hours early, yeah. so I can just kind of just get my brain and filter everything I need to do today. Yep. I.e. send out... Logos, i.e. send out stuff to that the I studio. Shout out Sticky Paw <laughs> Studios. We love you guys. Yay, yeah, so that's yeah. what I did. But um, but now we're here this morning, and we're going to get this going. So, um, Allie, first of all, like I said, thank you for coming on our show today of and course. being here. And I uh, want to discuss a lot of things with you today. But um, first and foremost, um, life is good, you said. I know you, we've talked about a little bit off there that you've been traveling a lot. So do you yeah. want to explain a little about what's going on with your travels? Yeah, I mean, I just, I am 22 and young. So I'm like, now is my time. I'm not tied to anything. I don't have a boyfriend. I don't have kids. I'm like not even on a lease in an apartment here. So I'm like literally free to do anything, self-employed, you know? So I'm like, I would be dumb not to take advantage of the fact that I'm 22, young, healthy, good to travel. And I'm just listening. I just went back so many years of my life going, yeah. God damn, she's so lucky. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that whole thing. Yeah. I mean, Chris, you can have that life too. We can, but mm -hmm. I mean, but look at her. I mean, yeah. she's young and carefree and, you know, but she's got a great yeah. business minor. That's, that's the difference yeah. right yeah. there. So. I think, I think I did all of the work that I really needed to do in order to live a happy and successful life when I was like 17, 18. So mm -hmm. now it's like, I'm already in my career. I'm good. Everything that I have. And I feel bad for people sometimes that like like i'm not taking advantage of the fact that, that i have free time enough yeah. because i know that there's people who would literally kill for like five extra minutes in the morning to like make breakfast or like would have an extra hour to go to the gym every single day and i was like had an epiphany moment the other day where i was like why am i not living my life to the fullest because like i literally have access to anything and everything i want so to do great. so 
Yeah. So okay. I just was like traveling. I want to do extended Airbnbs and just travel the world and like. Right. Do you, you implement know? any work while you're traveling as, as you're there or just is it just all just like just you just having a good time, just kind of just getting away from things? Somehow, even if I feel like it, if, even if it should be a vacation, it turns out to be work somehow. Okay. You know, just I'm always filming content. I mean, that's the thing is I do what I love for a living. So it's like I just do my hobby and right. make money from it. So see, that's that's the beauty of social media, though. Mm -hmm. As you know, as of late, I mean, with just all the young generation, we have to say the young generation. Yeah, but yeah. I've done that my whole life as well. This like is true, but it was different, of... though. I mean, because when we were modeling, it's not like we carried our, you know, we couldn't carry it. There weren't these weren't no. around really in theory for yeah. me, especially. You know, I mean, it's like you know, we just had to just take a big ass camera with us and just document what we could. And then yep. I was like, why the fuck am I carrying this huge ass thing around with me? That now I have to bring on the plane and do some other things where it's just our yep. phones now. Right. But you know, like she said, I her mean, life is her business. Like easier. Yes, it, it is. Should, right. And, and a little different. You know? Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. I appreciate that. Did you yeah. go to school here? No, I actually grew up in Utah. So oh. I grew up in Salt Lake City. Um, and then I just did not fit the social standard in Utah. So okay. I used to come to Vegas when I was like 18. And I actually took pictures at the same place I took pictures when I was 18. And I remember while I was like sitting there taking pictures at 18, I was like, I'm going to move here one day. Like I know that I'm going to move here because I love just like the environment of Vegas. Mm -hmm. People are always like, it's a fast paced lifestyle where Utah is very slow. Right. And um, everyone here just is so encouraging to make money and like try new things and network with people and everyone's just trying to hustle so hard and i need to be in an environment where that's how it is so needless to say being out in the country country life would never no <laughs> never my family's actually from texas and oklahoma okay, yeah, so nice. i go out there to like chill out but i'm there for like four days and i'm like get me the hell out yeah, of here yeah that's I just like serious decompression then for you yeah. to get time away to yourself then. yeah i used to do that when you go to my dad i'm from texas as well so i used to go um when i off my travels and stuff i'd always go to my dad's who was near austin and he, had, he lived remotely out somewhere and i was like i can do this for three days and just kind of just hang out and just do absolutely nothing but then yeah. all of a sudden that thing comes back where you go okay i need to get the hell out and start moving yeah, and shaking it might be the adhd i don't know but i gotta <laughs> not be around trees buildings for me please Maybe you have ADHD, I think. What do you mean? Like, I can't sit still? No, you don't sit still very long either, though. I don't though. like to sit still. Yeah. But you know how to decompress, though, really well. That's one thing I admire about her. Like, you do take time out to do things. Like, yeah. literally take time out and take turn the phone off and things like that. I cannot do yeah. that. I do not disturb. Yeah. Yeah. I can't do it. Okay. I have, like, but, definitely my routine. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing, too, is, like, ADHD in women and men are very different. Okay. So women, it's all internally, like, in your head. Men, it's very, like, external. Yeah, that's so, right. I always have to be on the go. Like, mm -hmm. literally, my mom used to tell me, she goes, can you just sit for one second? Like, like no. I have to flutter and flit. <laughs> yeah. I have to do things all the time. Yeah. And even right now, when I sit down and do something, I act, I because we're self-employed that we discussed as well, mm -hmm. if I'm sitting around having time to do nothing, I should be doing something. Yeah. And I need to learn how to really mm -hmm. back off of that. And I, so that's why I yeah. also appreciate you traveling. Well, and, and that's the thing, out. too, is, like, with ADHD, it's really good for business. And, like... That's why I talk about using your mental health to your advantage is mm -hmm. because ADHD literally has made me self-employed. Okay. Because it's like, I'll focus on one thing and then I get 10 things done in a day and they might not be what, like fully done, but at least I did the work, you know? <laughs> right. So it's like I'm mastering 10 different things when most people are going working in nine to five. So I feel like ADHD has fully built my businesses. And you felt like you've been like this ever since you've been really little as well with that whole always kind of be yes, on the go? but I didn't ever understand it okay. until I was like 17 when I started getting diagnosed with everything that I was like diagnosed with. But when I was like a teenager, I literally could not sit still in class. Like I would sit there and I had anxiety really bad. Okay. I actually had to drop out of school because of it. 
because I would sit there and I would like black out in class and I would like have these anxiety attacks that like wow. were crazy. So I actually got on this thing called Home and Hospital because mm-hmm. I got a doctor's note for my anxiety. And so they pulled me out of school and I just did school online, but I just wanted to start businesses. So okay. I ended up just dropping out and then started a business at 17. See, I can't imagine, I mean, you going through that and during, if that happened during COVID time in theory, you know, I mean, no, yeah. a little bit of it kind of like with your age kind of did a little bit at the end of it, but just mm-hmm. imagine being 15, 16 with all that going on yeah. during COVID. Yeah. Oh, you would have drawn insane. yourself insane. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really bad. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. Well, so when, like how old were you when you started getting diagnosed with like some of your diagnoses? Um, that, so I always... Right yeah, <laughs> but I always Diagnosed. knew that there was something because I was suicidal from yeah. probably I would say I started feeling it around like seven or eight okay. where I was just like questioning why I was alive and like not wanting to be here. And then um, I had multiple suicide attempts throughout like my teenage years um, where I just like but nothing would work and I never understood. And there was like times where I should have been gone, like okay. for sure, like. And so that's what people say all the time with like how many suicide attempts I have had is they're like, okay, well, if you really wanted to die that bad, like you could have made it happen at least one of those times. Right. But I'm telling you, like there is some, like, I should not be here. Doctors can't explain it. Like, I don't know. How many suicide attempts? Honestly, I'm not fully sure. Like real, I don't know. Cause there was times where it was like, I was halfway in between where yeah. it was like, I would start and then I would be like, okay, wait, never mind. Um, and then like pull out, but I would say like times like that, maybe 10 ish. So like a few. So 10, you would say about 10 suicide attempts. Yeah. Probably about that. Well, let's, let's backtrack a little bit because you said Mm -hmm. something that I want to, so our audience can understand because, um, I just want them to get your full story as well in the process, if that's okay. Um, you said something about, I heard eight or nine years old. Um, Mm -hmm. and what was at that age, I don't know how much you can remember, but what was the feeling like that you felt for you? to start that because I know like it's, it's prevalent in young kids, you know, yeah. like I said, because you don't understand your feelings yet. You don't understand what these emotions are, what this is going, what you're going yeah. through. And most people like, you know, for instance, my nine year old daughter, you know, like she's been acting kind of cuckoo lately in the, in the most, in the nicest way, yeah. but it's that thing you're on, you know, like I'm a part of this, ah, you know, she's just going through her, her menstrual, you know, like yeah. she's, she's starting to go through her, pu- going through puberty, yeah. you know, so we kind of pawn it off on other things. And so I just want to know at that young age for you, yeah. how did it, what did it, what was it that, what was the feeling like and what was your emotional Um, I I think it had a lot to do, honestly, with my abandonment issues for my dad. And I was like, well, why doesn't he want me? And then it was like this, like battle between like he, cause he was my best friend growing up. So then all of a sudden, like randomly, he was just like gone. And I was like, how old were you when you left? Well, he was like, I was, he was like in and out for a minute, but I think around eight, seven or eight, maybe is when he started being, he got remarried and like all this stuff. So, um, and my dad's like a drug addict, so he's battling his own issues. But mm-hmm. I'm like, so that's when it started. And I just remember feeling like I could never find a place to belong. Like I was never like the popular kid. I was never, I couldn't pay attention in class. I, I just didn't see the world the way other people did. I didn't feel like, and I didn't feel like I fit into any category okay. at all. And if so. you reached out, if I may ask, like, let's mm-hmm. say to your mom or dad at that time, you know, what, how would, what was their response to that? If you, did you communicate with them all this stuff and they were just kind of just brushing it under the table sort yeah, of thing? My dad is very mentally unstable. So okay. he's not like even so, my dad has bipolar and okay. he's very, he's like, has a God complex, like 
crazy town, like brought a magic wand to Christmas. And it was just, yeah, just like not the most mentally stable man. But my mom, um, I love my mom to death, but she didn't quite understand my mental health. Mm -hmm. She didn't, she did the best that she could to try and understand, I think, but she kind of pushed me in a, in a direction where I couldn't, it made it worse almost, which is why me and my mom, like we cannot live together, but we have like a great relationship, but I think she did the best that she could with what she knew. Um, but with my ADHD and we hadn't figured out that I had ADHD yet. Mm, So she would like say things to me and she'd be like, why are you acting out? Because I was the teenager that was like just super aggressive. Like I was mean to everyone. I was like trying to get in fights all the time. I was like, it was the get them before they get me tactic. So it it was like anyone that I could feel was trying to get close to me. I would do whatever I could to keep them away. And I think that I was trying to minimize the collateral damage of me trying to kill myself kind of, um, just because I didn't want people to hurt. But yeah. I was like, and it wasn't a matter of if I was going to kill myself, it was a matter of when. So um, that's just kind of okay. what. Yeah. Okay. And then um, the first time, um, well, like you said, the first real time you said, when was the first attempt for you then? Um, at what age? And, and, by, and what was the catalyst that pushed you over the edge in most of these cases? Yeah. So um, it was when I was 12 was like my first like real one. Um, I was in school and there was just like girls in school that were like, I mean, it's typical it's fucking middle yeah. school. Yeah. yeah. Which is why I always say like, just not being offensive isn't enough. Like just be fucking nice. <laughs> like, why is it so hard to just like be fucking nice to people? I don't get it, but I'm actually making a video on that today yeah. on TikTok. But, um, yeah. I'll be in the background of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'll pretend I'm 14. <laughs> literally. <laughs> so I was like, I don't know. So there was the girl that was like always, and it was funny cause she was, super me and her were really good friends like Mm -hmm. throughout elementary school and then we got into junior high and it just like turned into a whole thing and she um her and her mom were like behind me it was halloween and she was like checking her out or something and like she just like her and her mom both like made a comment at me and her mom was my cheer coach so i was like still having to be around them all the time and it was just like little stuff like that they came to someone in like the same friend group that I thought were my friends still Mm -hmm. showed up to like my birthday party when I was like 12 and I like came outside to see like get them to bring them inside and they had um they were like talking they're like we're probably going to be the only ones here and like just like and I was like you guys are my friends like what are you guys talking about and so it was just like little things like that all happened at once and I was just like I can't do it and it was late night one time and you know but it's a lot of pressure. I mean, it's like, especially all the stuff you're going through with ADHD and some of the other things, but um, especially at a younger age, it's like, I feel like there's so many kids that deal with pressure, trying to figure out who you are, first of all, because that's yes. the hardest thing to do, because yeah. you're trying to find your place in the world. Yeah. And you have these people that, once again, elementary school, the nicest people in the world, but then once they get in their own realms too, it's just almost like this battle all the time. And middle yeah. school, it's, it's like, it's a battle. I mean, yeah. it's almost like you got to go in their full gear all the time just to deal with the issues of of other people as well as what you're dealing with your own emotional self yeah well Um, and i felt like literally crazy like i would sit there and like just sit there and be like why do i think the way i do like why can't i just like be happy why like i would sit there and i would punch myself in the head because i hit him the way my brain worked okay who was your um who was your who was your um Everyone's got a go-to person. I, I like yeah. we've had a um, show on this before. Did you have a friend that you confided in and trusted in just enough to be like that you would give a little bit of yourself to that person? Honestly, no. Okay. I didn't tell anyone. Okay. So I think people knew because I was aggressive, and I feel like I down or I kind of like exaggerate how bad it actually was, like speaking about it. But like internally, that's how I felt. Yeah, of course. So like the people around me in junior high, high school, like they wouldn't 
say that I was as bad as like I know I was. Right. But also like these were the thoughts that I was having. Like I knew that I was internally angry, you know. I mean, I think that's the case like across the board, especially with suicide is pe- what do people always say is we had no clue. We had mm-hmm. no idea because on the outside, everything looks good. But usually they're like Twitch just mm-hmm. committed suicide. Yeah. And internally, yeah. like he was he was dying. Yeah. I don't think I don't think with suicide that people want to die yeah they want to remove themselves from the situation they want the programming to die yeah. so it's not really well they don't want to feel either so yes. that's why a lot of people who are suicidal or deal with mental health issues are drug addicts right 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 yeah. mm-hmm. i was gonna say drinking and drugs for mm-hmm. sure yeah so it's a way to escape, escape those right. feelings mm-hmm. okay so um after your first attempt um what was the conversation with your mom uh, she didn't know. I didn't tell her. She didn't know about any of the attempts really until my last one. And my therapist told her um, because my mom was forcing me to go to therapy. Mm-hmm. So the last one, um, I was 17. And um, I'm not going to like say how I did it because I don't want to like contribute to ideas or right. ways to do it. Um, but I should have died for sure. Like okay. for sure should have okay. died. And my mom was doing everything that she could to like at least keep me alive. Like okay. I used to ask my mom like what kind of things would you say at my funeral because like and she would tell me she was like that you're like the most determined person i've ever met in my life she would say this and i was always like okay and then it's funny because she'll tell you like when she used to ask me what i wanted to be when i grew up at like four years old i always said a motivational speaker i never wanted to be like a cop or anything at like four i was like i want to be a motivational speaker and um so she was like yeah i would say so it was just like this whole thing and then um that night when i was 17 i I can't even remember what happened. It was like some some of my friends had like called my mom and basically like went on this long spiel of like how I was doing drugs and like all this stuff. And um, I was just like having a fun night, like filming videos. Mm-hmm. And so these people like texted my mom and they had called me and they were like booking me for a modeling gig, which was like not out of the norm for me because I've done modeling for a long mm-hmm. time. But um, then they called and they were like, you're like the ugliest person. It's so funny that you think like this, this would happen. And your it, friends were saying this. Yeah. Or the, right. Yeah. So it was like people that I was well, like, they're not her friends. Yeah. literally. <laughs> so it, I had a lot of issues with people and the people that I trusted in my life. And I feel like that's why the majority of my problems stemmed from like just not trusting people anymore. So it was like, I felt like I was on a solo journey, so I couldn't go to anyone. I couldn't talk to anyone. It was like, I was solely alone and felt alone. So I was like, okay, if I'm going to do this alone, then I'm going to do it alone. And then I'm going to kick everyone out. So that was like a time, um, I attempted suicide that night, woke up the next day, found out my brother killed himself the same night. Oh man. So, um, I'm sorry. I, um, your yeah. your brother like the same night. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know okay, anything. Right. Um, but because he was he's technically my stepbrother, okay. and I hadn't talked to him in like a while. Um, but yeah, I like attempted suicide that night. Should not have survived it. Like flat out. There is no like way I should have survived it. Um, and then I woke up the next day. One of my friends had seen my car um, while he was driving, recognized it, and like came and grabbed me and whatever. And then I woke up the next day, found out that my brother killed himself the same night. And I was like, I'm changing my whole life. Like I was like, I'm no longer going to live for me. I was like, I don't want anyone to feel the way that I feel right now, which is, I mean, depressed enough to want to die, but also 
just heartbroken that someone that you love is committed yeah. suicide. Right. So I don't want anyone to feel this way ever okay. again. So I was like, I'm no longer living for me. I'm not going to try and make myself happy. I was like, I'm going to fix my mental health to prove to other people that it's fucking possible. And that was the change right there for you. Mm -hmm. I was going to ask you, so mm -hmm. the steps on when you took the change. So it was a catalyst to your brother's passing that mm -hmm. actually, wow. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's crazy on how like you need, you need almost like everyone... Not everyone. Sometimes people need like a hard slap in the yeah. face of reality. Yeah, because you know? that's the thing is if he didn't mm -hmm. die that night, I would have been dead for sure. But Unbelievable. For sure. Um, do you <clears throat> think that you will want to have kids someday? Um, it depends. Depends on when and where in my life. I mean, I would want to, but I mean, we'll see. She's yeah. in fun time right now. Let uh, well, no, time. I know. But yeah. my, well, my follow-up question to that is what would be, like, as a parent, like, mm -hmm. living what you've lived through, what are some of the signs that other parents can be aware of? Okay. And do you feel like you would be able to identify them as a parent? Yes. I think I – it depends. I would always want to raise my kids to be able to feel comfortable coming to me, no mm -hmm. matter what it right. is. So – because that's the thing is if you're so like overprotective and like, don't do this, don't, I mean, it's the same thing in relationships. If you're like, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. It makes them want to do it even more. Um, because 90% of the time they're not doing anything wrong, but you being down their throats all the time kind and of quite frankly, one, let's go one step farther when they're saying, don't do this. They're not listening to what you want mm -hmm. on top of it. Yeah. Bottom line. Well, and they don't know, you're not telling them like why they shouldn't. You're right. just telling them not to. And so that's why, like, with my kids, I'm like, if you, and I mean, this is probably not the best thing to say, but like, if you want to drink, drink at the house, we'll do it together. And mm -hmm. like, you can have, I mean, don't go overboard, but like, if you want to smoke a little weed, whatever, like do it somewhere where you're safe. Because that's the thing is I grew up, my mom was like that. Like my mom was like, I mean, she wasn't like, let's smoke weed together. But she was <laughs> like, she was like, if you start like having sex, like, let me know. Like, I'm not going to judge you for it, but like, let's do it the safe way. Cause you're, if you're going to do it anyway, I'd rather know about it. And so that's just how I think I would keep it because it, it gives them a safe spot, like a safe place to be like, okay, I can tell them without judgment. Right. Cause that right. was my thing is I felt like I was going to be judged by everyone. So I never told anyone. And that's only solely because you didn't have that communication with your mother, you're mm -hmm. saying in theory, right? Yeah. Well, it was just because like, she didn't quite, I mean, she did everything she could. She was like, let's try therapy. Let's try like CBD. Let's try, let, she was like, we tried medication, tried everything. Okay. Nothing worked for me. Okay. But it was because I was kind of in a victim mindset. I wanted to be sad. And it, I mean, it was my mental health, but I didn't, I wasn't willing to sacrifice anything. Of course. I still wanted to keep the shitty friends because it was like, so it was like, I was just beating myself up. Basically, I wasn't willing to sacrifice everything that was making me unhappy. And then the therapy and the process of all that time that you did go to therapy, were you just almost just showing up to be showing up? Or did you really feel like you were giving not all of, I guess I can't say you gave all of yourself because then you would probably not have had those episodes yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, but did you feel like you just give them, gave them lip service or did you kind of really try while you're in there? Uh, my mom forced me to go. Okay. I made yeah. her get me Starbucks before I would go to every, I, if I'm she loving that dragon drink there, going. girl. Let me tell <laughs> you. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. I'm like, I was not willing to. I was like, I'll show up and be upset. And I was, but I was in the mindset of nothing is going to fix this. Okay. I've been doing this for 10 years and yeah. like, we've tried this a million times. It's not going to work. I went through like probably five or six different therapists, went through a bunch of antidepressants, tried Adderall, anxiety, medic, like just everything and nothing worked. And medication made me feel like a zombie. And then if I didn't take it because the medication for me, it's like, if I took one, it would spark up another mental illness. Mm -hmm. So Adderall yeah. would fix my ADHD, but it would cause anxiety. Right. So I'm not on any medication anymore. And quite frankly, no one wants to run around being numb the whole time. No. We were talking about this off air earlier. It's just like, yeah. you know, parents now, 
you know, even though they're more aware and they're trying to be more hypersensitive of all the needs, like if someone's ADHD or if they have this, they have that, which most parents back in the day, like you said, they would have just thrown it on the bus. Ah, you yep. know, you'll be fine. Just go outside and just kick some dirt on or whatever yep. the hell they say. But now I feel like they're they're making efforts, but the medication is still the biggest problem. I think problem, it's just though. a crutch. It's yeah. a crutch. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. kids need to get outside. They need sunlight. They yeah. need um, to raise their serotonin levels. They need to be active. Yeah. Like, well, and um, I can't imagine being a teenager nowadays. Like, mm. I mean, social media was, like, a thing when I was a teenager, but, like, damn, TikTok now, like, you just want to post a fun dance video in high school with your friend and, like, all your classmates are making fake accounts and you're walking past them every single day in the hallway and you don't know who to trust. Yeah, like, you can't... Right. I don't know. I wouldn't, I can't even imagine. It's just, an, but that. that's the thing with social media. It's an extra added pressure that, that you, that they fully can't grasp yet, you know, yeah. because like you just said, if, if you're going to do it, you might as well, you should be owning like right now at your age now, I'm sure you own it when you know people know yeah. it's like, I own it now. But back then it's like, who's going to say something? Who's going to yeah. do this? Well, so. cause that's how I was. I've been filming YouTube videos since I was 12. Okay. So that was like in, like there's videos of me literally talking, which is why I love that I've filmed literally my whole life because I have videos of me talking about like, I have a video from the night that I attempted suicide the last time, wow. like where I'm talking about everything that I'm going through and like the way that I'm feeling and you can see it and like everything that I'm talking about is on camera. So it's like people can't come and tell me that I didn't live through this or like, I mean, the proof that I went from suicidal to successful is mm -hmm. literally in video form. So, but teenagers will walk past me all the time in the hallway and like quote my videos to me and I'm like, thanks for the view, I guess. But like, <laughs> yeah. It's hard to distinctive. Have Dis you shared those? Yeah, they were all on my YouTube channel. They're like embarrassing now. So I'll pull clips every once in a while when I'm trying to make like a process video, but like they're not. <laughs> they're not up to par. Well, let, let's talk about I mean, your... they're real and raw though. So yeah. 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 I mean, people have to appreciate that. Yeah. Like you're literally in the moment. Yeah. Well, because it's like I was like 15. I would film videos in my closet because I didn't like my family hearing me because I was like so nervous. Which is funny now that like I do it for a living and now I'm just like, yeah, take pictures of me in the middle of Fremont Street. It's just like, but so. Trust yeah. me, nobody looks looking at their past crap. Okay? <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I don't care if it's social, whatever it is. I mean, we can I all. I don't look, like looking at my look, shit from yeah. last year. I mean, they yeah. talk about musicians, even musicians really? go, oh, I don't like listening to that old song. God, mm -hmm. I sucked back then, you know, because yeah. everybody evolves. It's all yeah. about evolution, right? Yeah. But I want to talk about your um, your suicide to success that you just said. Um, okay. Let's talk about on, let's talk about the points on now that you've gotten out of it once your brother passed. And now you've said that you've created your own way, like therapy didn't work, all these things work. Mm -hmm. How did you decide, like you, you touched upon it right now, but how did you that you can share with everyone by the way on how it worked for you like it because i feel like it is a choice yeah and once you make the choice you really have to follow through now yeah so let's talk about that so i was willing to do i wanted to dissect my brain and so right now i am actually writing a book on the whole process of what i did in order to do it okay. so i wrote down i would like ask myself questions and i would answer the questions so um any, any bad thing that I ever did in my life, I really went through and dissected like childhood trauma and then led to like where I am now and like connected the dots of like what happened in my childhood that make me act the way that I'm acting now and how am I feeling in this time and what can I do differently next time and how is this actually affecting my life? So really just dissecting every single part of my brain. Okay. And, and how are you, if I don't mean to interrupt you, but mm -hmm. how in this time frame that you're talking about, how are you in the outside world? while you're while you're processing because you still have to be out in the world yeah so how are you doing that and maintaining that psyche i just started being really self-aware okay so i just was like i'm gonna be nice to every single person that i come into contact with the only thing that i can control is my reaction to things i love that everyone else is 
it's none of my business. If they want to scream and yell and bitch, that's fine. But like, I can only control me. Okay. And so once you really analyze like that part of you that like you are only ever in control of yourself, I love that your you life becomes that. a lot simpler because you're only focused on one instead right. of. Seven billion. There's a term that I use on the tennis court where I tell um, a lot of my clients and kids that are junior players and you know doing really well. And I said, look, I go, you can only focus on your side of the court. I yeah. go, whatever they're doing on there, that's their thing. But you need to focus on you because yeah. once you get you straightened out, everything on the other side will work itself out. Yep. You know, it's either in the, another phrase I use. I go, they're either when people say when you ask a question, don't be afraid to ask anything because the person's either going to say yes or no. Yeah. You know, and you have to decide on which one you want to accept. Yeah. So, but first it starts within you. And so I appreciate you saying that. You yeah. Went out there into the world. Just. Yeah. But I was also doing like other things. Like every time I had a negative thought about myself. So self-talk, I literally have a tattoo that says I am with a period or three dots because the words I am are the most powerful words in the English language. Mm -hmm. um, because anything that you say after that is what your reality is. And so. It was like every time I had a negative thought about myself, I ran to the mirror and I had to tell myself 10 positive. So there was like times where I would sit in the mirror for six hours because I couldn't think of one good thing to say about myself. But it's like that was the work that needed to be done. And okay. luckily I had the time to do it because I was so young and I know a lot of people can't just do that. But like the work that you I'm telling you, like I did intensive work on myself to, in order to get where I am. But no, a lot of people to. aren't willing to put in the work to do it. They exactly. just want a magical or like a miracle to happen to me. And that's why I wanted to know your formula because once again, it's like we can seek help all the time. And, um, but at the same time, you have to ultimately do the work. You know, mm -hmm. there could be, I could hand you this paper and I go, Hey, I like do that. Mm -hmm. But it's like, it's going to do nothing for you if, yeah. if you don't do the work. So yeah. I appreciate the fact that you've taken all of your, you know, and over since all the time with some of the therapy and things that you've been through, it, it is almost like you're, you're self-helping, you know, you yeah. already have the, you already have the, um, what am I looking for? The, the answers to a lot of things, yeah. but you just weren't willing to go through that. Yeah. And that's the thing that I try to tell people all the time is like, you already know your own answer yeah, to 90% right. of your problems. Right. It's just, are you willing to change it or sacrifice anything to have what you really want? Because I'm telling you, I had to kick everyone out of my life and like go solo for a long time i had to like change the way that i like did everything okay sacrificed everything to do yeah it. okay but, and um how many people have you let into your life now since all this has happened like and now can i ask the question now how many close friends do you have now i don't even know okay i have a lot of good friends okay and i'm very picky with the people in my and life you should be yeah so mm -hmm. there was like there's people have had to go, but I, I'm willing to like, under, I feel like I'm very understanding, but I feel like there's a very fine line between understanding and letting people kind of just treat you like shit. Right. So it, it is situational, but you can pick it up faster though now. Yeah. I'm sure too now. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Now it's like, okay, you, or if it's a pattern, <laughs> okay. that but do you walk away from that now? That's, that's the next question because yeah. like you just said, you know, most people don't walk away. They sense it mm -hmm. and they go like well, the red flag theory is obviously and they, Oh, but I'll just stay in a little bit longer and take it a little bit more. And you're like, yeah. why not just nix it in the bud and just say, get the, you know, just no walk yeah. away. And that, and it's not easy. No, it definitely is mm -hmm. not. Especially if you've grown an attachment to them or depending on history or what place they are in in their life too because i understand like people growing and evolving and like you kind of grow out of people sometimes yes. so like some sometimes you go a different direction than they go and it's like sometimes you have to let go and like nothing bad even happened it's not even like they're a bad person but it's like sometimes you just grow apart yeah. but if it is not benefiting you in any sort of way and i know that people like it sounds selfish but it is and you have to be it's your life you get one yeah. it's like if you're at a 10 and they're at a six, you guys will like meet in the middle at like 
I don't, I don't know math, but you'll be in the middle <laughs> of that. And so, um, yeah, it's just like people, if they're not on your same skill level, I always say if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Yeah. That's, so. that's for sure. Yeah, because mm -hmm. you should be learning from everyone. Mm -hmm. I was having a conversation, being up to 3 a.m. last night, Jamie Villamore, I had this conversation with a bunch of people last night saying that one girl literally said what she said. She goes, it's like, you should be learning from someone all the time. And I, I cannot stand when someone feels like they just know it all yes. and they just don't want to grow. And or they're not open-minded enough. That's 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 it as well. Yeah, I, yeah. I and I, for myself, because like, and I'm, by the way, thank you for sharing your story because yeah. it's, and being here, but... That's one thing that I pride myself in as I've gotten older. It's like, I don't waste my time on people. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like if I'm sitting there talking to you for five minutes and I'm just thinking like, this person just doesn't have the, the, um, the, like, I guess I can't learn from you in yeah. other words. Right. So I walk away. Like I've literally looked at person like, and just turned away and walked off. Yeah. And people like, what, where's Chris going? I'm like, uh, I don't have time for people. <laughs> like I have too many good people that are around me. Why am I going to waste my time? Just, just if, but just beat my head up against the wall. We're literally just this idiot. So. Or it's like, would you rather have a hundred one dollar bills or one hundred dollar bill or like two fifties it's like you you just got to pick quality or yeah, quantity when right. it comes to people in your life you're on the right path you yeah. know you've, you've like come a long way so yeah now with your travels you travel by yourself or with with the group uh, depends uh usually with a group you see where i'm going with this yeah she talked about a guy earlier oh my gosh <laughs> we're bringing off camera stuff on camera yeah see, see i kind of like threw that yeah. sort of segue into that um most of the time i'm traveling so I was I think just you're in, blushing, Allie. Hold on. Listen, <laughs> listen. <laughs> like currently going through a TikTok drama right now. You are <laughs> kind of. It's like I promised myself I would never post a guy on social media again, and then I did it. And then two weeks later, I was like, Ugh. so then I had to make another video where I'm like, okay, so I'm Love's learning my bitch, lesson. Love is a bitch, Allie. Love is a bitch. <laughs> I know. I'm learning my lesson <laughs> as I go, but so yeah. But I just got back from Hawaii. Okay. We were in like a. I went in did some stuff with like a bunch of investors. Um, and then I came back and realized. Wait, that am I, I hearing that he way. tagged along? Is that what you're saying? No, you're he, he did out. not. Okay. He stayed okay. here. Got it. Um, but then I went and did some self-reflecting and he did some self-reflecting and we came to a common ground of we're way too distracting. So like neither one of us did anything wrong. It was like really great. And that was the problem is we were best friends for seven months Got it. before. Mm -hmm. And then we like both kind of caught feelings and then we were like, Oh, and then damn, it's a thing. See, it is a I thing. Well, I feel like it's a thing with girls more than guys though. Mm -hmm. you know, like we always have this conversation. I feel like for me, it's like, I know right away if I'm going to like seven months, like the friend zone for me, I'm in the friend zone. I, I mean, I just, we were always like, okay, there was a little bit of like flirtiness in there. All yeah. The but Got we it. like in the beginning, we were like, we both don't want a relationship, but like what we're doing right now is fun. Okay. And then, yeah. Okay. We got caught up. So. Okay. So now relationship or no relationship? No relationship. And we haven't really so i got back from hawaii and we both were just like we are too distracting to each other like we need to work right now and like that's our main focus and like we can revisit this later and whatever but like as of right now we like can't do it okay and so um then he dropped flowers off at my house <laughs> with a <laughs> handwritten note um and then i was and then we were like okay we can be friends again um so yeah do you think you can maybe just come up with a plan that works for both you guys i get the distraction i get the work thing yeah. but all of a sudden he's dropping flowers off which means there's feelings there well we talked about it out. and he yeah. was like he's mm -hmm. like i'm just battling i'm conflicted on like what i want to do and i was like well make up your goddamn mind i'm like i don't know what you want I, so we're kind of in like this in-between place where like we both really want each other like we both really really do yeah. but we also want our independent selves to be ready for each other okay. first 
so that, that it's not causing issues. All right. Well, just keep the communication lines yeah, open. Yeah. Like, is mm -hmm. it is there a possibility to grow together and explore that together? We, like, why not? We, like, looked at the idea of that, and we're too addicted to each other right now. We, like, do not have any self-control. We've been trying for the last, like, seven months okay. to, like, But in reality, though, the, the main bulk of this hit how many, like, a month or two months ago we're talking? Like, the, when you guys finally decided to... I, it was like friction. end of November. Okay. See, that's how we got to do the two month. What is it? Two months, six month, two year deal. There's like a, there's like this saying where like the first two or three months are super heavy. And then it's just mm -hmm. like, it's hard to kind of, you know, especially when you're both doing yeah. something important and, yeah. and we're both self-employed. So mm. it's like, we have all the free time in the world. So uh, yeah, that's a, that's a slippery slope. Right yeah. There. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like she just said, you know how it yeah. is. I mean, it's like, yeah. you know, when you left, it was like, I could do nothing all day and yeah. like, you're like, oh, crap, or I could go run your weeks. errands with you yeah, and then not right. work. Yeah. So that's kind of the point that we got to. And then we'd be like, seriously, we need to like stay strong and do what we need to do. And then the next hour we're like, do you want to go get food? So it just was like, <laughs> yeah, just not okay. We well, still love each other to like the max. We okay. still like, which is why it sucks so bad is because like, we know that our independent selves need to thrive first before we can do anything, but we'll see. Just put yourself in an office situation together. I think that'll cure it. Let me tell yeah. you. Like what they say during COVID when families were like, dude, if we were, we were so used to just being, this is one of my, um, I, one of my really good friends, her and her husband, they both, you know, they're just in their own little mm -hmm. world. He travels a lot. She's at home during COVID time. They fought like all the freaking time yeah. because she was never used to him being home. Mm -hmm. He was never used to being yeah. home, but now they're desperate across from each other. And she's like, you're fucking getting on my nerves. She's like, you're getting on my nerves like that. But they anything they do, it, you're like, yeah. why are you breathing like that? Stop. <laughs> so maybe you work with him across from him for a good couple of weeks and see what happens there. Yeah. Well, cause that's that. And I don't know. I feel like I've been thriving with like the alone time. Mm -hmm. I think he's been a little bit more upset about it, which is, like, I feel bad, you know, but I'm like, we can still work as like friends. And we've agreed that like in a social situation, it's fine. But like, okay. we just can't hang out alone right now because okay. we know that. Yeah. It'll get crazy. Okay. So. Well, let's go off. So I'm going to ask you a question off this one. Um, let's go off of the good of that. You know, like I know the crazy good of that. Um, does he, is there anything that you see that might skew you down another path in theory? You know, like we always have some sort of um, outlet or vice, you know, mm -hmm. and this is, I know you're talking all love and good and all happy and I'm, I'm happy for that, yeah. but he sounds like a really good guy. Um, is there anything about him that you go, Ooh, this might take me down a dark path again? Um, not really. Okay. No. Good. Good. No. Okay. That's what I want to know because yeah. sometimes it just sneaks up on us after a while, you know, and, and yeah. That sense then. Yeah. Yeah. No, and that's I, the thing is that it's okay. definitely a very like right person, wrong that's time great. thing. Yeah. So that's really good. Yeah. Oh, you're moving and shaking girl. Look at you. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. So, um, with these, so with your motivational books, things like that, let's touch upon that a little okay. bit. Um, your book, when do you plan on moving forward with this and how's it looking? By it's the way? A, it depends. It's not something that I want to rush. Okay. I want to be able to take my time on it. And I've never, written a book before and um the way that i'm doing it is very different it's not even technically like a book it's like a workbook journal gotcha kind of um so you'll fill in your own answers it's basically just like a map of what i did like the questions to ask how to like basically line it up so that people just have like a way to do it it's okay. like formulated um so it'll take you from like your childhood trauma, ask you like, you're gonna dive in deep. Like this book is gonna be really, really hard to get through um, because you're gonna be opening up childhood wounds yeah. and realizing- I was gonna tell everyone in our audience if, if this, when, when what Ali's saying is just like, don't don't just go in there and just make up stuff. You gotta be really true yeah. to yourself. I mean, it, it's one of those things. So basically when I was 18, I did like this life training. It's called Impact, um, the Impact Trainings, it's in Utah. Um, I did it when I was 17. 
um, right after I had like this whole thing and it changed my life completely. And so basically this book is going to be a book form of that. So in there, there's going to be um, like tasks that you have to do throughout your life. Um, so do you know what like rejection therapy is? Mm, explain so rejection therapy is like putting yourself in situations where you know that you're going to get rejected mm -hmm. so that you can get used to rejection okay um so <laughs> like stuff like that or wow. like taking yourself out to dinner and then you like write a journal entry about like everything but this is one of those books that you will get out what you put in okay. so if you're just writing like the worst thing that ever happened to me it was like I got my toy taken away when I was three. You're not going to get very much out of it. Right. But if you're like really diving deep and figuring out like what are the things that truly hurt you, you're going to be able to figure out a bunch of things about yourself that you didn't, you maybe didn't realize before, but putting it in question form, being able to like dissect who you are as a person, you're going to get a lot out of it. Okay. It's, it's funny. I was giggling when you said that because I felt like that was my whole life of, of my, how I am as a person. Mm -hmm. um, like I always looked outwardly thinking what it would be like if they rejected me in different ways and how would I handle that? Yeah. So, but I would still walk in those situations because you got to know and you got to learn mm -hmm. how to be better and to grow mm -hmm. from that. So yep. going out of your comfort I, zone, I pride my life on that, you know, and I was, I tell people all the time, I go, you can throw me in any sort of room, any situation. And it's, it's a challenge, but I'm always, and it's a little nerve wracking, but I'm mm -hmm. up for that challenge because it's, it's, it's growth. And I know, I know my abilities. I know my confidence in myself of who I am as a person yeah. to know that I can go in there and be just fine. Yeah. You know, but it's, exactly. but it's like I said, I love that you did that because a yeah. lot of people, you know, the first thing we do is we second guess ourselves. Um, and we, we, or we just turn around and walk away. Yeah. You know, we don't want to be even be remotely in that. Yeah. You know, when so I'm, putting when yourself I'm, in the situations where you kind of have to just yeah. suck it up and like deal with it. You're going right. to be used like, to it. Like I love how you say go to dinner by yourself. I think you're just throwing something like that. Like yeah. my little sister asked me that, I think in her twenties at the one time she goes, how do you go out to dinner by yourself? She goes, I can't do that. I go, well, I mean, when I'm on the road all the time, I just like, we have, like you probably have to as well. And it's just that thing, like, you know, you just go to a bar or, or go sit at the bar, go mm -mm, just grab a table. And you, yeah. you I'll get my food to go and I'll eat Okay, so room. you won't do that then. You can't do, you don't, don't like to do it. I just it. don't like yeah. to be like bothered. So okay. I will... But it's well, yeah, different. she's it's hot. She's going to get hit on. But I mean, it's different goes. than bothered versus a fear though. You know, like the, her fear was the fact that she felt like it was awkward. Not, not, yeah. I, I don't think, do you feel like it's awkward I then? feel like it's, I mean, sometimes, okay. but like I, I have made myself do it, okay. but it's uncomfortable for me. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's what she, mm -hmm. so she tried that's it the and point. she was just yeah. like, uncomfy. wow, I did it. I did, I took your advice and I just decided one day I'm going right. to go and da, da And she did. She goes, I had the best time. She goes like the bar, like the back person was talking to me and this person and then she, so she struck up conversation. Yeah. You yeah. meet people. Exactly. Cause that's the thing is like, if you're sitting there in a group, no one's going to come up and really talk to you because right. it's intimidating when it's more than one, but you're you just putting yourself in a vulnerable state, people can see that and it's more inviting for them to come in. And hopefully it's the right people. Yeah. And not like, I mean, you know... you're going to get creeps sometimes exactly. and whatever, but mm -hmm. like putting yourself in uncomfortable situations is where growth happens. It's the same thing as like working out when you rip that muscle and you make space for it. That's when you grow. Right. Okay. I was going to ask you about that. Um, your, um, what, what is your outlet? Uh, What's your social media, to be honest. Okay. That's your thing. Filming then. videos. Okay. Got it. Yeah. yeah. So whenever you're feeling like, um, cause I know we all have our lows, you know, and we've all yeah. had some sort of problems and things like that. Um, when you're at your low, you just, you go right to that and say, look, let me just get up and just do this. And it mm -hmm. takes you out of that space. Yeah. I filmed the, uh, I filmed the bad, the good, the ugly, I film all of it. So right. that's raw too. That's it. great. I'm... Cause I'm a very impulsive person. So a lot of the time I'll post videos and then like an hour later, I'm like, why did I do that? Like delete. <laughs> but like most of the time I'm like, TikTok is the one place where I feel like, and I think it's because I've created such a vulnerable space for people and 
I don't get like any hate on social media. That's what I was going to ask you. So how do you deal with that? Because I know that, you know, we've all had that discussion on how some people really flip out when they get a negative comment. So yeah. what do you tell those people on how to handle it? So that? I used to, I used mm -hmm. to be one of those people. Like I would respond to every negative You would respond comment. to it. Oh, I still do. Okay. I respond okay. to negative because I feel like people think that they can keep doing it because no one responds. I'm going to come in and I'm going to make you feel really fucking dumb. Got it. Like, because I don't know. I just, I'm really good at being mean because I have a past of it, <laughs> but like, I like yeah. this girl. Yeah. So I'll be mean, but like, I will never intentionally do it for no reason. But also I just, I've created a space where like truly I get like maybe one negative comment That's every once in a while. But there's a lot of people who would dis like disagree with the things that I say, which is fine, which is that's a disagreement. That's mm -hmm. not hate. And I can, I can work with that. And I'm also very open-minded to like hear other people's perspectives. Um, a lot of the time it's a bunch of just like dumb 12 year olds on the internet. And I'm like, you don't even know what you're talking about. Like, but, um, but that's the, like, that's the thing too, is I'm 22. And a lot of people would say that I don't know what I'm talking about, but I'm only speaking from a perspective that's my own. So I'm like, this is just what I've lived through yeah. and people can follow along if they want to. If you gain uh, some knowledge or like anything you want to pull from it, then that's great. But Okay. You don't have to listen. Okay. Well, for our listeners out there, so how, what's the, what's the one thing that you could tell someone um, when when because like I said, we all have some we we all get depressed, stressed, whatever it is. It's just mm -hmm. it's just a part of our our chemistry inside of us, right? Yeah. So, what would you tell everyone out there? The one thing, if you're feeling low, what would you suggest to them? Um, honestly, do something that makes you happy. I know it sounds like cheesy and mm -hmm. weird and whatever, but people can find something that makes them happy or at least try to see why you're feeling the way that you're feeling and really dive deep into yourself let yourself feel it don't like suppress yeah. emotions ever um but just try and understand why it's happening and understand that like you've always been okay like everything that's happened to you you have survived 100 percent of your bad days like you're going to be fine. You're going to be okay. Um, just try and process why it's happening in the moment. And you have to really sit in it to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yep. You have to dissect everything. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing that people don't, and, and I think people are very uncomfortable with the feeling of pain. Um, and I used to be too, where I was like, I don't want to feel it. I don't want to feel it. I don't want to feel it. Now I'm like, okay, this is happening and I can feel this right now, but I know that it's going to pass because I've been through worse things for right. sure. Okay. And I've always made it out and I've always been happy. And then I look back and I'm like, oh my gosh, that was so dumb to feel sad about. And right. I feel like a lot of people can relate to that. Um, so just find something that makes you happy if, if you really need to pull yourself out, but make sure that you're digesting like the actual feeling yeah. itself. I like I appreciate that. that yeah. Too. yeah that's so embrace one. the feels. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's something, you know, you touched upon, which is a very good answer. Um, one of the things that I do when I get, and I call it my mood. My, mm. so when I'm in a very mood, funky mode, yeah. um, <laughs> mood, I, funky I, mode, well, you know, I, <laughs> a mood, I'm going to quote that one, a mood, funky mode. I actually sit in it and everyone around me goes, what's wrong? And I go, I'm in a mood right now. I know, mm -hmm. just let me sit in it. I'll be fine yeah. tomorrow. And normally what I do is I know tomorrow I'll be fine. So yeah. I'll just, like I said, I'll just sit in it all day in that depressive sort of moody feeling. And then I know that I'll be fine the next day. Yep. But I, at least I sit in it and I know that I, I recognize it. And then I just go, all right, yep. nothing I can do about it right now. Mm -hmm. And I, and I'm not going to overthink it. I'm not going to, well, let me figure out what it really is. Like you said, yeah. dissect, I agree with that. But yeah. I at least know that if I sit in it, I know what the problem is. Yeah. I'm not going to overthink it. So yeah. just be in it and not try to avoid it yeah so i wake up the next morning i'm good that's what i do mm -hmm. i give myself one night to cry like breakups i'm yeah. like i'll cry and feel everything tonight but go to bed a sad bitch wake up a bad bitch and <laughs> that is what i do that should be a song <laughs> go to bed a sad bitch wake, wake up, up a, a bad, bad bitch, bitch. 
All right, do you want to ask Allie anything? I know you always got lots of stuff to say. I, yeah, yeah, I do. No, yeah. she kind of answered everything. Yeah. And if you need dating like help it, with yeah. like, you know, dealing with mm -hmm. like, you know, how to deal with the guys in this situation, because you are a hard worker and you're in, you're yeah. in the prime of your life at a very young age, by the way, I don't even mm -hmm. say prime, early prime. I'm just saying, no, I mean, like, you know, like she's I mean, so far ahead of the curve. Yeah. I mean, I wish I was like your age and just have that mindset of just like, so much time. you know, but it's, it takes you a lot of stuff in your young life to get there. Yeah. You're an old soul in theory, let's yeah. say, right? So, um, but you're really good at sussing out how to deal with work and how to deal with dating as well. She's, mm -hmm. she's good. You should talk with her. Yeah. I think it's yeah. just creating a balance always yeah. with any and everything in life. That's it's just my finding, problem with um, finding that balance. And I always say we can have everything that we want. Mm -hmm. You just, um, you right. know, you, you work off a of balance. But yeah. I do think that's going to come with age and time for you though. You I know, do too. So, I'm mm -hmm. like, we're, we're continuing to work through things yeah. right now. But like that is my, co I have codependency issues for sure. There's well, no rush. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is I think that I am always, I have like a, I don't know, anxious attachment style where I'm like, I'll buy people anything they want. I'm like doing everything that I can to keep them. And then I'm like, wait, I don't actually like doing this. Yeah. I'm like, okay, now it's like, so, but I feel like I try and do things so that people won't leave and that's like an abandonment issue I'd like to know thing. like, I, yeah. Did you a... read Attached? Mm -mm. The book? No. Oh, you should read yeah. that. Really? Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah, they, it breaks down all the different um, attachment. Like if you're avoidant attachment, mm -hmm. um, if you're anxious avoidant, yeah. like there's just different ways and they do a pretty good job of breaking it down yeah right. i need and to you read could probably that. relate and be like oh yeah they give you more of a sense of where that's why what you're i mean it. and just yeah. understanding why you do the things that you do and there i always say and i learned this through like my own therapy it's like programming because we're raised so we're programmed a certain way based on how we're raised so yeah. it's doing the work to dissolve that program and the only way to get through it is to actually feel it say it and release it yeah that would actually be good to help me write my book probably mm -hmm. too i could pull some stuff from it right 100 yeah but once again it, it's it's a practice and it's almost like like i, I hear you even saying it and i'm just like mm -hmm. and i'm probably like damn it's like it's a it seems like it's a lot of work but it, it really isn't though you just have to really just you know to discipline yourself to do it yeah i think just, though it is discipline. i feel like that's the same thing with like anger issues too mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. like if you just like it's really hard sometimes when you're angry to like not say anything but it's like to practice to like yeah. just stay calm because that's what the only thing you can control is your right, own reactions. Right. And right. this is why I'm calm. Like I'm very stress-free and calm in outward situations. I'm not very, um, um, calm with myself. Yeah. Like I will, like I will be people like, God, you're so calm all the time. But when it's, when it's dealing with me, I'm like, I get frantic and just yeah. like, and I overwork myself where it's like a group of people. I'm like, I've oh. seen that Chris. Yeah. What's that? <laughs> I've seen yeah, that you Chris. Have. Right. Right. So yeah. outside stress doesn't bother me much because I always go, it's shit that happens, yeah. you know. But when it's me, I'm like, it's it's not enough shit that's happening, and I'll create this and like. But it's you that can thing. control it. It's yeah, that, that's the thing, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah. Oh. I like it. Yeah, that's that word again, control. Oh <laughs> man. <laughs> so, all right. So, with your motivational speaking now, um, are you up on stages yet, or where are you at with that? Um, and where do you see yourself? Semi. I'm speaking at an event actually here in Vegas on the 15th. Okay. So, I'm going to be doing that. Which one uh, is that? I don't know. I just got off like the phone with the guy who's running it uh, yesterday, like last night. Okay. So I don't quite know. I haven't even like written up anything yet. He just asked me like yesterday. So um, it's it's in Vegas somewhere on the strip, mm -hmm. but I don't know. I'm like nervous. <laughs> yeah. Speaking like in front of people is like really hard. I was so, about to ask you that because that's. The... <laughs> yeah. So that's like the hurdle I'm getting over. I'm like 
alone in my room on TikTok where I can pause and edit, I'm like, wonderful, got it. Up on stage where I'm like nervous yeah. talking, I can see everyone, I'm like, Ooh, okay. But you can nervous. walk through the streets and do your TikToking as well, or no? No, okay, okay. I don't think so. Maybe start with that first. Yeah, I know. I'm like, oh, I just, it's so like, I'm even like in my car in a parking lot, like at the gym trying to like take a video and I'm like, is anyone looking at me right now? Because <laughs> oh I feel like it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, I'm filming myself in my car, like embarrassing. So it's just like the jumping the hurdles, going out of my comfort zone type thing. But motivational speaking, like on stage is eventually where I want to be. Okay. So, yeah. um, but I'm like not rushing into it because that's like the long-term goal. I don't, I'm also 22 and speaking like that on TikTok is fine, mm -hmm. whatever. But like on stage, I feel like people wouldn't really take me seriously yet. So. Yeah, but you're getting great response though. And mm -hmm. like I said, I think you had mentioned something earlier because you documented so much stuff of your history. Mm -hmm. um, that's your true self. Yeah. So, I mean, who's not going to want to listen to that? Yeah. Well, and I'm, I'm never talking about things that I haven't lived through myself. Like, I'm not talking about, like, how to raise your kids the right way mm -hmm. or, like, I mean, I talk about, like, what kind of things you can do for them if they're feeling this way. But um, that's about it. Okay. Yeah. Um, now, one more question. Um, I know that we kind of talked about this as well. Um, suicide hotlines, things like that. Do you, what do you, what are your, what's your take on how to... Um, I will always be supportive of anything that works for people. So I'm supportive of medication if it works for you. I'm supportive of therapy if it works for you. Suicide hotlines. Um, I was always put on hold. Okay. So it was never a thing that worked for me. Okay. Um, but I understand that it does work for some people. So I'll always encourage anything that is positive um, that could possibly help. Um, and but, I'm sorry, you said they put you on hold. So they'd say, hey, blah, blah, blah. And then please I would hold. Be like or on would hold. they ask you a question first, then hold? No, the, I, they would just... I was like, it would just ring that, like for like 10 minutes. That's just like calling the police and no station. One, and yeah, no one, no one picks literally, yeah. I'm like, okay, okay well, right. I was well, like, I, I'm in the middle of something right now, right. but like, well, so. like we said, we're not saying yes or no out there audience, yeah. but like for the most part, I know that there was something uh, just recently out there that they're putting more money into stuff like that yeah. as well. Well, and they it, just changed the phone number. So that's it's what, yes, thank you. that's what it was. Thank you. The phone number and adding more money to yeah. it. So. so it's now 988. And that's the thing is I feel like it's very, I'm trying to start getting into more like male suicide um, because I talk about just suicide in general, but like the, I think it's like 75% of suicide is men. So um, I'm trying to do my best to like understand um, men and why like that they just feel like they can't speak up. So um, yeah, yeah, yeah no, that's, it's a, it's a thing. But that's the new one that I want to yeah, get into. For sure. Men. Man, I, I, and I can't even imagine what people are coming off like during COVID time and things yeah. like that as well. Ooh, so. Even the holidays, they always say it's, That's true. Um, you know, like the new year. Um, for some reason, like suicide is always at the highest around the holidays. Yeah. And honestly, I was thinking about it the other day because I'm like, why is seasonal depression such a big thing? Like, I don't understand. And what I think it is, is because it gets darker sooner. Mm -hmm. And so people's days feel like they're shorter. Sure. Yeah. And so you feel like you're not progressing as much in your life because you're like oh my god the day is over the right. day is over and i didn't do anything today and i honestly think that that's why seasonal depression move to alaska so people yeah no, no. Okay. that's like the opposite it's complete opposite then you right. don't sleep yeah. yeah yeah oh my god it's so. the stress well i hope that you're living as stress-free as much as you can in life right now you seem yeah. great you seem amazing and yeah. thank you for sharing your story Doing really thank you so much for sharing no of course thanks for having yeah, me yeah. awesome tell the audience um, about your dragon drink please this, i know you're promoting it this is my uh dragon drink from starbucks the dragon drink with two scoops of vanilla bean powder and heavy cream. It went viral on TikTok, and I was like, "Love okay. it!" Hello. I love so vanilla. we always end with a question of the mm -hmm. day. So we're going to ask you our question of the day. Do you have it? Oh, you asking me? I thought you wrote one up today. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, I thought you were like, yeah, let's do this. Let's go for it. All right. I'm, I'm in the moment today. I'm, oh, I'm sitting today. So I'm okay. like, Amber, I'm in the moment. 
So, yeah. Just, for the first the time ever, I'm just like, thank you. I'm like, I literally, I'm mm -hmm. like, you know what? I'm just going to go in, just like, just blind. I'm going, I... yeah, I'm going with a basic one that mm -hmm. we got. Okay. That, um, is like super simplistic. And it's um, when you first start dating someone, do you send selfies? Why or why not? Do I send selfies? Like, would you, if you just started dating someone, like, do you send selfies? Is it weird? Like, just through text message yeah. or like? Like, do you send random selfies? I don't. Okay. If they ask but, for one, hey, send me a photo of you. But let's, what context are we talking about, though? Just any that, selfies? It was just a simple, like, okay. um, dating. Do you, like, I think it's weird. I, don't I think it's selfies. weird. I don't okay. know. And I don't I want wouldn't. to get a selfie of a guy. No, I me think it's either. Weird. Right. I would just be like, FaceTime me if you want to see yeah, my yeah, face. Yeah, yeah, that's what I, I say. Okay. Yeah. yeah, talk to me. I appreciate you that. Or see me in person. Come over. What are you doing? Come find me. Yeah. What about you? I mean, you, I feel like you do. You would send selfies. I no, no I don't send selfies. Yes, I do. Actually, I take that back. I do. But you <laughs> well, know, and there's social when media. When you see me in myself, Allie, I mean, it's always fun and happy. Yeah. So and everybody, it's infectious. I mean, come on, yeah. look at me. No, I'm kidding. Well, but I feel that's the thing. Actually, now that I think about it, social media is usually where I'm like, okay, you can look at my story, whatever. Right. Texting, FaceTime me if you actually want to talk that's to me. That's a good point. But. I've recently been talking to someone who does not have social media. Okay. So I would I do like it then. Like I did that last they night. They can Google for you though. Oh, I know. Well, he Googled go my net worth. Work. No, can't you but just I help? mean, it's just weird. Like, I feel like if you want to see me, come see me. Yeah. Let's FaceTime, but I don't want to send like a selfie. Okay. Yeah. Well, like, yeah. I, like once, unless you know, it's I, really cute. I see the context. Like last night, I was at the airport and I was like, had my wine. I go, oh, I'm gonna shoot something for social media, which I did. I go. I'm gonna send this to a few people, and I sent it to a few people. Oh shit! You that. are the. I did you... it because it's like it's. But those are it's because yeah. it's a rare moment, and that's when I'm ever trying to shoot myself or whatever mm -hmm. it is. I'm like, everybody should enjoy it because if it's, if I'm happy at the moment, I want to share that moment with people. And yeah. I don't think it's any different than if you're on a trip. If you're saying, "Hey, yeah, I'm like on vacation," you send a trip picture. That's that's sending a selfie in theory. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't do it. I, <laughs> yeah, I, know. I she think does it's it. weird. I, she does it. Yeah. I would do it if they didn't have social media because right. I post everything. So yeah. And that's like the difference maker right there, social media. Let's say mm -hmm. that's the difference because you you post all your stuff on social. So in theory, is it's yeah. a selfie to the world. Maybe. But... Most of my shit's paid shoots, though. Okay, well, that's mm -hmm. true. It's not like I'm setting up and a they camera. Really shoots, yeah. Yeah, they are good shoots, though. they are good shoots, though. But I do find myself, like, I do do that. Like, if like um, if I'm somewhere, I, I feel like everyone does, hey, I'm on vacation, boop, boop, yeah. and they send you a show mm -hmm. you're out. I'm like, oh, man, that's great. That's a selfie. Yeah. Hmm. You know? I don't know. All right. Okay. Alrighty. Okay. Well, yeah. All right, guys. We had Allie Harding on our show today. Once again, we're at Sticky Paw Studio. Thank you so much, Allie, for your story. You're amazing, well, and thank wish you, you nothing but the best. Um, what do you want to plug, by the way? I know there's a lot of stuff going on. So plug your Instagram, whatever you need. Uh, Allie Harding, two Gs on Instagram. Allie Harding, one G on TikTok. Uh, I have a book. I have a lash company. Yeah, tell us about this lash company. Uh, I saw this. Uh, it's a just company that I started. I've been starting and ending businesses since I was 17, but this is like a new one. So okay. all custom lashes. Nice. I'm, I'm restarting it. I'm like been taking a break from it for a little bit, but I'm bringing it back here soon. We're going to get you back in the podcasting. Cool. Too, yeah, I know. I need yeah. to start my podcast, Illus Minds podcast, but... Uh, I've done like two episodes. So <laughs> I'm not consistent. You got to keep it rolling. Keep I know. it rolling, girl. I know. All I, I know is before she it. leaves, now, I'm jumping in one of her TikTok videos. Yes. You know, I'm going viral. Do it. Yes. Oh my God. You're yes. Funny. We'll make you do a dance or something. <laughs> Thanks, Allie. All right, Jamie, what about you? You have anything to plug um, today? Nope. Jamie underscore Villamore. And yeah. Nice. All right, guys. You can find me at Fetch Sport and anything at Dating Intelligence. And this is another great show. This is our uh, new season and got a lot of new changes, thank a lot of great guys. guests coming up. And thank you so much for tuning in and staying with us and we love you all. All right, we're out. We're out. <laughs> that was good.